Bikini Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us in the Awaka My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their stories so they can create impact, prosperity, and legacy. But I get more inspired when I hear their backstory and their mindset on how they got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today, we have Andrea Thompson. She is Miss Canada World Universal Elite Finalist for 2021. She's a published author, a host on On The Move, and a founder of Designers Original Consulting Service, Growing Women From The Inside Out. Andrea has the heart to see women made whole spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically, and seeks to promote positive self and body image in women and young girls. Her message is clear. All women are uniquely beautiful queens with an internal crown. Please welcome to the show, Andrea. Wow. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. I'm so honored. Thank you for having me. <laughs> that's all you, girl. That's all you. Every time I read someone's bio and they're like, wow, that sounds like amazing. I'm like, yeah, that, that's you. That's you. <laughs> wow. It's such an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. Thank you. you are so welcome. It's an honor to have you on the show. I know that you have an incredible journey and I can't wait for my community to hear all about it and how you've overcome and how you're using that to inspire others. So thank you again. So I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe that as women, we can be Jane of all trades and wear all these different titles, all these different hats, but a title that's not given enough significance is our name because our names are said so many times a day, but our names have meaning. And every time someone says your name, they're declaring that meaning to you. So I would love to know, Andrea, <laughs> do you know what your name means? That is such a beautiful question because honestly, it's a question that I ask a lot of people myself. So I love the question. And my name, because I actually researched and looked it up, which means woman of God. Mm -hmm. And in some Greek, it could be manly. But basically, it's woman of God. So I believe that every time somebody says my name, they're declaring that I am a woman of God, you know, strong in Amen. essence. Yes. Amen. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. So that's what I love. Yes. Yeah. See? And that is what I love about getting people to, especially if they don't know the meaning of their name. Because, mm -hmm. for example, um, you know, my name's McKinney. As children, when we're little, we can be quite cruel. And I was made fun of and teased and bullied for my name. And they called me everything under the sun, which is now when, even when I introduce myself, I'm like, yep, McKinney, rise a bikini. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't stand my name. I actually tried to, when I went to a new school, ask my parents, like if I could, my teachers, if I could be called by my middle name. So as an adult, I did some digging and 
understood deeper that Makini was Swahili for strength of character. And that Very helped me good. to own my name. So now when people say my name, I feel more confident in my name and I can say my name more confidently because of the meaning behind it. Awesome. Awesome. That is great because a lot of people don't take the time to actually research the meaning of their name. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's very good. I love that. I love Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So speaking of little girl, I want you to tell us first, because I like to start at the very beginning to understand where you are presently. What did mm-hmm. Andrea want to be when she was a little girl? Oh my goodness. I have to think back. So in all honesty, I really wanted to be like my dad was a legend, dairy icon, Uzziah Sticky Thompson played with the greats, um, Bob Marley, Ziggy Marley, Peter Tosh, like he played with a lot of the greats. So wow. music was a very, very big part of me growing up. And even though I didn't grow with my father, I was with my mother, but he would be on tour and different things. And I'd always aspire to be a singer. <laughs> I always wanted mm. to, yeah, because it was music was always around me. So I wanted to sing. I wanted to be able to travel like he did and just go across the world. And that was one of my many dreams. <laughs> wow. When I was younger. Yes. You know, there's so many things that I love about that. It's almost like, okay, so sometimes I feel like, especially when I interview women that I've known for years, doing these interviews, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that about you. Or, you know, (laughs) I get to know you guys on a deeper level, no matter how much I thought I already knew about you, because I had no clue. And then I realized that, you know, the world is obviously a lot smaller than we realize. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if my mother's ever told you this story, but my mom's sister had a child with Bob. So my cousin, what? <laughs> is one of Bob Marley's children. <laughs> Are you really? Now, yes. okay, see, this is a small world. Yeah. Oh, my. We'll dig deeper into that later. We but I want, to, you yes. to, <laughs> I want you to tell me and tell the listeners, like, tell us your story of how you got to where you are today, the Andrea of today, what's going on with Andrea today. Wow. So as I said, you know, growing up with my mother, so for being with my mom, it was, it was kind of bittersweet because I was a very rebellious teen. As I mentioned, I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to perform. I wanted to just be traveling. And that kind of had an upset with my mother in terms of me not being home and just going through that whole teenage years. I ended up running away, living in New York with my aunt. And through that, got into a whole slew of things that I shouldn't have got into. Ended up getting pregnant with my first child in my late teens. And then from there, got went on, got pregnant the second time and then the third. And it was just one thing after another, after another, not realizing that the things that I thought, you know, in terms of me chasing, because I thought, you know, when you start to mature in body, that men would be like, oh, you look great and you look so good, but not realizing their words and what they were saying to me. It wasn't that they were interested in me per se as a person. They were interested in wanting to be with me physically. Mm -hmm. And I took that as something like somebody validated me to say, you know, you look good, not realizing that self-worth had to come from within. And mm-hmm. being a darker-skinned woman, sometimes you, you try to fit in a mold or to prove yourself to people. So I would do extreme things, you know. That being said, it led me into a very dark season of my life of trying to validate my self-worth, trying to know who I was. So here I was with three children, did not have a good relationship with my mother. It wasn't until a few years later I started to have a better relationship with my mother. But through all of that, it was a self journey of trying to discover who I was. Mm-hmm. And just to backtrack again, like at 16, my friend and I, we were planning on going to the States to become strippers and we were going to like get into this whole industry. 
And a few weeks before we decided to go, she left my house and we got into a car accident and she died. And that devastated, yeah, that devastated my world. And I think from there, I just went on a search trying to discover what was life about. And it just took me man after men, events after events to try to discover that, not really realizing that the ultimate discovery was obviously going to the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it just took me to where I am today in terms of self-discovery. And that's why kind of in a nutshell, why I started the whole designer's original, because it wasn't until I had to really go to the Lord in prayer and really seek and ask, you know, what is this thing all about life? Who am I? And that's when it really spoke to my heart that I am uniquely designed and I don't have to try to fit into a mold with anybody Mm -hmm. else. I don't have to try to go to a man to get validation. I don't have to seek relationships or people. I just have to look to him and know who I am through him. So basically the basic. Wow. That is powerful on so many different levels. And I'm sorry that you lost your friend, and especially at such a young age, and you had to experience that. You know, you spoke about, you could sum it up as like the childhood traumas, you know, the broken relationship with the parent and, you know, you wanting to run away from home and the things that, that happened and how that stayed with you in terms of you seeking validation from other sources and having mm-hmm. to eventually tap in and align yourself with God to get that validation from the source, the foundation. Yes. I love that on so many different levels. I want to speak to how your relationship with God and you also being a minister and then <laughs> tying it into your love of pageantry and how, you know, how that's taking you to a global platform. Like tie that all in. Wow. So just to be, <laughs> to be honest with you, I've come a long way in terms of, as I mentioned, not, you know, not feeling beautiful or not feeling like, you know, you matter. So. During that whole journey of self-discovery and really seeking my passion, yes, I was drawn into ministry because I really wanted to just be able to minister to other women. And as a minister, I started to pray with different ladies and started to minister to them on a personal level. So when I realized that a lot of ladies were struggling with low self-esteem and self-worth, that's when through the book that I wrote, Designers Original, I started to use that as a tool to help to build confidence and self-esteem realizing that we wanted to groom from the inside out because too many times we focus on the outside and not really the the interior, right? The heart, the matter of of who we are. And so I started to use that as a tool. And then a friend of mine said, you should represent your city. You know, you should get into pageantry. And this was way back, like a few years. And then so I entered my first pageant, not really knowing what I was doing, just to be on stage, dress up and that whole love of just having the crown. So when I went into my first pageant, um, I ended up winning. And I think from there, it just skyrocketed to where I just did a lot of local pageants and city pageants. And now I'm on a pageant where it's going to take me to a global platform, which I've never done an international um, pageant before. So that's kind of where it all started. Okay. <laughs> So with all the work that I've done in terms of mindset coaching and studying the brain and how we function as humans, you know, I've said this on the show a few times where people, we have two different self images. We have the image on the outside of Mm -hmm. how we walk and talk and do Mm -hmm. our hair and do our makeup and present ourselves to the world. And then we have the image on the inside of how we really feel about ourselves on a subconscious level, on a deep feeling level and how that can affect the opportunities that we go after 
into the world. So, you know, as you talk about your evolution of self-discovery, it's almost like, yes, you've entered into pageantry, which can be looked at, I'm going to say on a superficial level, how you look on the outside, but it's Mm -hmm. an understanding of how you feel as a human on the inside in order to go after these larger stages and opportunities and now, you know, heading to this global platform. It's so true. And a lot of people say, well, why pageantry, right? Because of the fact, as you mentioned, it's a look base, but Mm -hmm. it's actually taken it a step further because I liken the crown to not just the fact that you're wearing it on your head and it's something beautiful, but in pageantry, it also gives you a platform and it gives you a voice. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a cause that you're fighting for, it's not just about having a pretty look. So there has to be a cause. There has to be something that you're passionate about. So every single pageant that you see that's out there, whether it's Miss Universe or Miss USA, a lot of the ladies, these are ladies that some of them are doctors or lawyers, women with their PhDs, because they have a platform that they're fighting for. And what pageantry does, it puts you on a global, on a stage that causes everyone to look. Mm -hmm. So it's not only that, okay, she's beautiful, but what is behind that? So when I enter into pageantry, I really wanted to have that voice in my community which it has given me, and you meet with different leaders in your community, meet with different officials in your community, and then it can take you further from there. Now, people may say, well, why not just run for city council or why not just run for, uh, you know, whichever office? I'm on my way there. (laughs) 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 But I think that it was just a fun, you get all of it in one, you know, the dressing up, just being out there, and at the same time, also creating a platform to voice your concerns and your opinions. So my platform is before I was really fighting for the cause of woman quality. And now because I ended up getting sick and went through, went through a major season in my life with endometriosis, I'm now a voice for endometrial cancer and helping to bring awareness to women to let them know that this disease is real. And mm. it's very important that we as women are aware of our bodies, are aware of different things that happen within our body, especially through doing our men- menstrual cycles. So right now, that's what I'm using my platform to do is to educate women. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely want us to go and dig a little deeper into your endometriosis uh, journey because a few years ago, you and I sat down in church and we were discussing our battles with our fibroids (laughs) and us being in hospitals and all these different things. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, COVID happened. We didn't see anyone for a while. And we both went through serious life-changing things during that time. But I want you to share your walk with your endo journey. Oh my goodness. That was honestly the darkest moment. I think I shared a bit with you because at first I didn't understand what was happening. I was just, you know, and I'm going to be very transparent. I was just bleeding constantly, like weeks. Then it went into months and I went to the doctors and they were like, you know, it's okay. Just kind of watch your cycle. Then they had sent me to see a specialist, which took forever to get to that specialist. So I was having pain and like bedridden. I was just, I didn't know what was happening. So when I finally got to see the specialist and they did all these tests and then they came back and said that it's endometrial cancer. I'm like, what on earth is endometrial cancer? I didn't even know. Like I just heard the word cancer and then I kind of froze. Mm-hmm. But then when I really came to, I was like, what is endometrial? That they said, well, it affects the lining of your uterus and you're going to have to do a major surgery to have a whole, you know, hysterectomy and all this. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, because at the time I was actually just getting ready to be married. And so many things was happening on one end, but here on the other end now, I was just like sent with this news that just sent a blow 
to my entire world. And so I underwent two major surgery and then had to do another surgery after that and had to do treatment. And that whole time, like, I think I just, it was one of the darkest moments for me, actually, because I was really, I was bedridden. I really, I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. I, I didn't even eat. Like I was mm. just, it was because nothing stayed down. I ended up being in the hospital for a, a good amount of you know weeks, months. And then they had me in this I, I don't even know what to call it, but I was just surrounded by, I just felt like it was death because mm-hmm. it was just like where I was. And I just said, oh my goodness, I just want to be out of here. And I just kept, was like, kept fighting and kept fighting until eventually I started just praying and you know, I had people around me that would just continue to pray. And then I ended up feeling a bit better when I came home. They sent me home with a nurse because they said at that point, there was nothing that they could do and basically just go home and see what happens, you know, if you make it or if you don't make it, because they didn't know what else to do at that particular point. When the nurse would come to the house to visit me, my pressure was so high. And they said, you know, any minute, you could probably suffer from a heart attack because pressure is too high and this is happening and, and you're not eating. And I felt literally like at any moment, I was just going to slip away. And I was just like, God, I just, you know, this can't be it. And I kept praying and kept praying. And with my husband's support and my children's support and, and my, my church family, just kept rallying around me and they'd come and just anoint my body and just kept speaking life and just praying over me. And little by little, I started to gain strength. And my doctor was surprised because mm-hmm. I started to get stronger. So when when they'd come to visit, they're like, oh, you know, your counts are going up and things is changing, going down and things are changing. And I'm getting stronger instead of what they thought that mm-hmm. I, would have, I would have gotten weaker and weaker and eventually just slip away. And then he was shocked. And I said, yeah, it's God's grace. So long story short, that's been like what, two years now. And yeah, I'm. Yeah. Wow. I I have goosebumps right now. And everyone knows when I get goosebumps, <laughs> that's like my spirit. Like, woo. okay. So first of all, thank God you're still here. Amen. Honestly, I, I praise God every day. And that's why I said everything that I have in my heart that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. I decided to live. I decided yes. to go for it. I decided to live fearlessly and take the message on every platform that I've been given that not only that God is good, but life is for the living. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. we can't just sit around and say, okay, you know, wait for tomorrow. Because you never know. You I never know. I didn't know. It's, it's not promised. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that I was going to be given. To me, I see it as a second chance at, at life. Because to be in palliative care to the point where every night around me in the hospital, I'm hearing like this person is gone or that person oh, is gone. Man. I'm laying on the hospital bed and I'm like, oh my God, because I'm so weak. And the nurse is like, you know, get up and walk. To come from there to the point now where I can stand and I'm trying to work out again and all these things. And people are like, oh, you get, I'm like, you don't know. To get to this point, to have strength again, to even mm-hmm. walk to me, it's God, it's grace. So I'm really thankful. Wow. I'm almost speechless because it's almost like my my own breath is like on pause <laughs> listening to your story because, you know, a couple of years ago when we sat down and we were exchanging our stories at church. And then, like I said, we kind of lost touch for a second, but we were both in a dark space dealing with our own. Yes. <laughs> I remember you too. Life yeah. scares. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into my story. I've talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> People can go listen to like the one year anniversary where I get into details because yeah, it's a lot. But oh, okay, <laughs> for you to even have to go through that, like, I know how scary it can be, one, to even have to deal with fibroids, and then two, having to deal with the continuous bleeding. Like, I can totally sympathize and empathize with, you know, a lot of your journey. And obviously, I'm not going to understand exactly. But again, because we have such similar stories, like I, that one year 
after I spoke to you, I also had to have a hysterectomy. I was also in the hospital. I was also on watch. I woke up every morning wondering if I was going to make it to my next birthday. Like, I get it. To have you here speaking strong, it is, like you said, it's, you have to thank God. You know, doctors mm-hmm. to me are like mechanics. Like, and I can, they kind of, they fix the car based on like symptoms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of the car. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, they don't even actually know what's wrong. You know what I mean? It's kind of like trial and error. I've seen that with doctors, not only from my own experience and hearing all of the, the stories and miracles of, of women that have come on this podcast. So how do you stay inspired? Oh, my grandbabies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what? Life keeps me inspired. Like every day I get up, as I told my husband, I do not lay a second in bed. I, I get up every morning because I remember when I was in the hospital, just laying there and I was unable to get up. So every day when I open my eyes, the day inspires me. You know, mm-hmm. my relationship with the Lord inspires me to live and to be better, do better, to do things. I said to myself, um, which I've been doing now for a few years, that every month I have to do something new. So whether if it's to eat a new dish, well, now with COVID, but usually it was go somewhere different or read a new book. But I have to, at the end of the year, have 12 different experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just inspired by life. I, really, I love that. I love that yeah. on so many different levels. And I found, <laughs> I'm going to say it's almost like research because I've, you know, interviewed almost 150 women at this point. And good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> But like hearing all of your stories, it's usually women who have either had near-death experiences or have lost a loved one that is super close to them, where your mm-hmm. perspective of life has shifted. You don't totally. take life for granted. No. You, no. It, It's almost like you don't want to waste a second. You want no. to live with purpose, on purpose. Yes. Yes. So I love to hear the drive in even how you guys, you know, share your story of what inspires you. Like when I ask you that question, you're like, well, my grandbabies. And then they're like, yeah, life inspires me. I get up with purpose. Like the joy in, in your voice, that is what will inspire someone else who hasn't gone through anything like what you've been through. And there's no such mm-hmm. thing as like compare suffering, but it's like, you know, if someone hasn't experienced anything close to what you've experienced and they can still hear that joy in your voice and, you know, you being inspired to continue to spread love and do things for the community. And it's inspiring. And this is why I love to hear all of your Mm -hmm. stories. I would love to know when and where do you feel the happiest? Honestly, I would say is when I'm given back. And it could be with my children, with my granddaughters, or just given back to the community. So I honestly seek ways that I can bless somebody. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems, it seems really, really strange, but I really go out of my way to seek a way that I, you know, call around is like, okay, are you okay? Do you need anything? Whether if it's food, whether if it's clothing, and then through my church, because I do minister with the ladies of the church and I always make sure that if there's anything I can get them, I just feel the sense of fulfillment mm-hmm. knowing that I've given, that mm-hmm. I've given, right? Because, um, I really believe that life is not about what we can take. But it's about what we can give because at the end of the day, we're not going to be, it's service. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to be remembered of how many titles we have. And don't get me wrong. It's great to have titles. It's great to attain certain wealth, but Mm -hmm. we honestly are going to be remembered by the service that we've given to other people. How how we we made people feel. Yep. How we made them feel. Right. So I'm really at my happiest when I, when I, when I'm able to give somebody like right now with this COVID thing, like I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't get out. I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't go and do it, like, you know, meet somebody for coffee and just have a 
just be there. It's like, it's like really difficult, like this season, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but it's really teaching that, you know what, there's ways you can get creative and just be able to serve humanity, just serve life. And then now, as I said before, like I've been given another opportunity at life. I just want to be able to be a blessing. I want mm-hmm. when somebody leaves my presence that they can say, you know what, I've added some value to them just to be a friend, a conversation piece, whatever it is, but just, just to add, add value. So that brings me honest fulfillment. It does. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. I believe that we should all be looking at how we can be a blessing to someone else because you're right. Life is about service. And I'm going to say it wasn't until my sister passed away in 2012 where, you know, I had to look at how do I want to be remembered and the legacy that I want to leave behind. But it wasn't until that point that I had to, I'm going to say, dig deeper. And that's where I found joy in service. That's where I found, you know, joy outside of serving within my household. Right, Um, right. It's been so fulfilling and it gives your life more meaning. It does. Um, on so many different levels. Like sometimes I could be having the worst day ever. <laughs> and it's almost <laughs> like, okay, who can I, you know, help today? And how can I make them feel better? Because when you do that and you pour into someone else, and I don't believe pouring from an empty cup, when you are making somebody else feel good, that vibration, that energy, that feeling, it, it that spirit, it lifts you up. Yes. Yes. Right? I love it. I love it. it. It's so true. Just as you mentioned, making sure that we're full so that when we pour, we're pouring from a filled cup. We're pour, mm-hmm. pouring from our overflow mm-hmm. to really help and bless somebody else. But you're right. It's so fulfilling, honestly. The, the simplest thing, especially in this time of COVID, that I do every day to make sure that someone feels better, I will reach out to someone I haven't spoken to in a long time. And sometimes it's a voice note. Sometimes it, you know it'll be text depending on the platform. But it's like just checking in, asking them, how are they feeling today? Because there is so much going on in the world and there's so much hustle and bustle. And yes, everyone is overwhelmed with what is happening. Everyone's on burnout. Everyone's busy, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But to have someone ask you how you're feeling today, especially if it's someone who you know is in a leadership position and they're looking after so many other people, how many times a day does someone ask them how they're feeling? So simplest thing can mean the world to another human being. There's so many simple things that we can do during COVID to connect and serve that don't require us to put ourselves in unsafe positions. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just as you mentioned that when it's coming from a leader or an influencer like yourself, you know, to really say to somebody, you know, how are you really genuinely meaning? How Mm -hmm. are you? Mm -hmm. And not just, you know, saying it, but just really knowing that you mean it and you're giving that person your time because that's one of the best gifts that we can give somebody is our time. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful because right now we, we need it. genuine people that just really care about each other and care about humanity. So I believe that's where yeah. we are in this particular time. Yeah. I think even the framing of the question, I no longer ask, how are you doing? Because we're all doing a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's doing the most. <laughs> so it's, how it's are you so feeling? True. How are you yes. feeling? And yes. then if it's, a, it's a, it's a feeling that is, you know, sad, overwhelmed, anxious, any of those things, my next question is, how can I support you right now? Like, what do you need that, that I can help you with? Do you know what I mean? Because they may not have been asked that question. Someone may ask them how they're feeling like, Oh, that's, that's too bad. Sorry. You feel that way. No, no, no. How can I support you right now? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So true. Cause that means that's showing that you care. I do. I I genuinely do. Yeah. Yeah. Showing that you care. Tell us one thing that most people don't know about Andrea. I'm very, very shy. 
like seriously, like when I say, like when I'm not saying shy, and oh my gosh, like it takes me a while to say, you know how some people see you, like you get up there and you're like, you're speaking or you're praying or you're doing all of these things and they're like, oh, you're so bold and you're so confident. But honestly, I'm like, okay, oh my gosh, like I'll sit back before I just venture out. I, I'm, yeah, I'm very shy. I get it completely. I get it completely. I can totally resonate. People are shocked when they hear that I'm severely introverted. They're like, what? But you're, you know, this or you're that. Or you probably yeah, speak. Oh, you or, know what? You know I am what? terrified. I'd, see, I'd probably say introvert. Yeah, exactly. Even though I'm a people person, it's so funny because I love people, love being around people, but I have joy just being by myself and mm-hmm. um, in the solitude, just being home and just in quietness. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. Yeah, I get it. I love it. I feel you. Before we get to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell the people where they can stay connected with you online. You can stay connected with me and please follow my pageant journey um, online. I'm on Instagram. I am Queen Andrea. Facebook, Twitter, Clubhouse. Oh my gosh, I'm on every social media platform. So the best thing to do is follow, go to um, Linktree where it has all my information and mm-hmm. they can connect with me there. Perfect. So the final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom. And I just ask a couple of quick reflection questions and you share the first thing that comes to mind, whether that be one word or one sentence. Okay. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? It would honestly, it would say on there, you are a designer's original. Mm. And why is because I believe that every single woman is unique. Every single woman has a distinct quality that nobody else has. Mm -hmm. And I feel that once we set that pace and realize that we're all designed differently, then we'd be able to embrace each other more. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. What's been, let's say your biggest lesson in the last year? My biggest lesson would be that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So to live today with purpose. Love it. Name one of the most worthwhile investments that you've ever made. That could be an investment of money, time, energy. I would honestly say it would be invested in raising my three children who are now mm-hmm. beautiful. But I invested um, and back then I thought, oh my goodness, you know, you're you're doing it wrong or you're not doing it right. But they've turned out to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's time that I invested in rooming my children. I love it. New belief, behavior or habit has improved your life in the last five years. That would honestly be reading more, spending more time with the Lord, my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that in life, you have to be an avid reader, constantly growing, constantly learning. And that belief that knowledge is power has helped me to grow. Love me. it. Yeah. And last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Stop competing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one I love um but honestly take time for themselves we really need to take time for ourselves and hence with so many sickness with women be it mentally emotionally that women are getting burned out because we're not taking time for ourselves we cannot Mm -hmm. pour as we mentioned before from an empty cup Mm -hmm. so I really wish women to take time for themselves and it could be to also education it could be um relation whatever it is but take time for you. Amen. And on that note, I want to thank you, Andrea, for taking the time to share your journey with us. I truly appreciate you. I appreciate you. And I thank you so much for this platform. You're doing an amazing job. And I thank you so much. And thank you. (laughs) 
And to all of you faith walkers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms. And don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can join the community of faith walkers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com. And you can grab any one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you can think of one person that would receive value from hearing Andrea's testimony today, please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag Andrea at I am Queen Andrea, spelled A-N-D-R-I-A. And you can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith. And continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. Mm-hmm.